I'm very pleased to be sitting here with Afa Michael Weaver, poet. Uh, uh, how are you doing, Afa? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is my last day of conferences, so uh, I, I'm feeling good about it. I think I've been able to give people something to think about, and, and so I feel like I've done my job, so to speak. That, that's great. I've been hearing really wonderful things about your reading and about meeting with you around Vermont Studio Center this week. So we've been really happy to have you here. Well, it's good to be here. You know, I've been in and out of Vermont over the years, up and down 91 for different things, you know, but I've never been to this part of the state or I've never been to VSC. Well, yeah, yeah. I hope you've had an enjoyable time here. We'll, we'll be sad to see you go tomorrow. Oh, well, I'll, I'll be sad to leave. You know, I, I've come to understand the place a little bit. When I drove in, I said to, to Kristen, I said, where is it? You know, and I looked around. I said, I see a sign over there. And I was expecting something that set it apart from everything around it. And I came, I said, no, this is organic. And then I was talking to John, and he was telling me about the Buddhist influence. I said, oh, okay, I understand, you know, wow. so, which is very, very... Um, nice to use that word it's peaceful it's quiet you know usually i sort of look at the word nice and think it's sort of a word that has been stripped of meaning but just now as you <laughs> used it to describe vsc and the buddhist influence like i i got it like that was a like yeah there's yeah. a whole a thing of intentional loving kindness and compassion that's at the heart of buddhism which is the word nice you know but it's unpack the word nice and you've got intentional you know good heartedness and you know benevolence and kind heartedness yeah yes yeah. i'm glad to hear that those are your impressions of this place yeah that's you know there's a caring about it you know when i was in taiwan i lived there for eight months from 2004 to 2005 studying mandarin and i spent five weeks in a monastery on the east coast of Taiwan, and uh, this place has that atmosphere, that kind of feeling. So, you know, when we had our meals in the dining hall in the monastery with the director, who was a friend of mine, and there was conversation, how are you doing, or what did you do today? Did you write a poem today? And, you know, and so there's that same feeling here, you know. I recognize that. You know. yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, this morning, I happened to sit with you and your fiance, Kristen, and founder of VSE, John Gregg, at breakfast, and I was uh, gifted with a copy of your brand new book, Spirit Boxing, which was published this month. Yeah, yeah, the, the pub date, I think, was February 1st, but it was available on Amazon last Wednesday, so, you know, Amazon, you know, I, well, it's out. It's out, <laughs> congratulations. Oh, thank um, you, thank so you. That thank was wonderful, you. so I was gonna have you read a couple poems from that book for, uh, from spirit boxing from spirit boxing i should would you like me to talk a little bit about spirit boxing as uh, what that is absolutely uh, well in um, in tai chi and in, in taoism you know the the founder of the legendary founder of tai chi um, Zhang Sanfeng, was a supposedly or reportedly a taoist um, and um, uh, something of a loner and a recluse but not antisocial. And so um, it, is, it is said that um, when he meditated at midnight, his chi was so strong 
then his his robe blew like there was wind inside of it, you know. Um, but spirit boxing, at its highest level, Tai Chi is completely spiritual, you know. It's not about jumping up and breaking tree limbs and things. And so, at that higher level of cultivation and so on, um, your 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 movements are informed by your connection to the spiritual world, and that you know that's. In a in a in a nutshell, kinda, that's what spirit boxing is, and so uh, in this book, you know, I keep the theme of Chinese organization, etc., in the book, but this is a return to my working class um, rooting, my marrow, so to speak, and um, I wanted to go back and do that because, in many ways, I feel like that's the core of my palette as a poet and there's stuff there to be you know turned into poetry you know? and so spirit boxing the um the title poem in the book i'll read that one for you okay it is the tightness in the gut when the load is heavy enough to knock me over backward Turn me back on my heel until my ankle cracks and I holler out, Jesus. This Jesus of Jogan setting up for the next punch while taking in one that just made his soul wobble. The grunt I make when the shift is young. My body a heavy meat on bones, conveyors not wired for compassion. Trucks on deadlines, uncaring pressure of a nation, waiting to be washed, made clean me looking into the eye of something like death and I look up throwing 50 pound boxes. Jesus now John Henry pounding visions of what work is, the wish for black life to crumble, snap under all it is given, these three souls of spirit, hands like hammers, a hammer like the word made holy, word echoing a scripture from inside the wise mind that knows men cannot be makers that in making we want to break each other ache moving us to refuse to surrender to time in factories catacombs feeding on the spirit thank you oh you're welcome you're welcome that was beautiful i worked in a warehouse for the last 10 of those 15 years and uh, we stack um, boxes of soap by hand very often. And uh, there were these boxes of ivory bar soap. In those days, they made that big bar of ivory soap. They don't, you don't see it anymore. But those boxes weigh 100 pounds. Wow. And we would see them coming around the curve, you know. <laughs> and think, oh boy, prepare for this one, you know. And uh, so, but I was also studying Tai Chi at that time. I was learning how not to let the weight rest you know you move it from the conveyor and you guide it to the floor you don't carry it to the floor so i used the tai chi principle of guiding an incoming force so i was actually studying my tai chi in a meditative way with a, 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 an act of mindfulness at that time but and i was also younger and stronger <laughs> But uh, yeah, there's a, maybe I'll read the repack room to you. Okay. Yeah, would you like that? Yes. 
see what I can find. Um, here we go. <laughs> Repack room. A coffee pot, chairs, retired joints, the morning paper, our warehouse was a kinder place to men in their late years. Old timers who hobbled from leg to leg on sore knees that had climbed up onto forklifts for 40 years, had fallen, slipped and fell on the cement floor when it took on ice in winter, and the galvanized walls made winter sharper when we forgot our thermals or forgot we were getting too old to be without them. This was the company's blind eye turned to men who could not still keep up with production lines and quotas for loading trucks, men who had fought in World War II and Korea, who had loaded shells on giant anti-aircraft guns on ships at sea, defending home and coming home to make what was a fortune to the poor and pennies to the rich. One sore knee to the other, one strained back to the other, one set of clogged and swollen arteries to another, trading pictures of their grandchildren, planning trips to Mexico in the evening of a life of duty. And now in my evening, I think of duty, of who owns us and what gifts we give now that I am old enough for the repack room, the slow job of salvaging good bars of soap from busted boxes, the spirit of my old workers sitting in an office with books. So as I said uh, last week, I still have to sort of <laughs> believe that people are actually doing something when they're sitting around their offices thinking, you know, whereas the, I'm so used to them the actual product of work, and being, which is probably trauma. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it's good that I could laugh about it to think that I was just so, you know, uh, inured to the idea that, you know, a, an eight-hour shift should produce tangible work, the measured work, you know. But uh, that's what it was. This is actually the, the first poem in the collection, uh, John Henry's Sleeping in High Grass. Mowers miles away, mud flies on top his hammer like they own it, his chest cresting and falling and shapes shifting between sunlight and leaves. Black steel his destiny, John is motion at rest, Tides of moon and waves and still waters, suns igniting hearts of molten iron, a hardened conviction rose petals in rain. Sleep is a dream, the real word whirled a poundage, work a sentence for being his mama's son, the hammer in his crib, the supernatural, a drum song of woodpeckers, cowbells in the field. Heaven, a home going back to a place before the bugle call to be born. And John Henry, there was a man who became the myth, but he actually died, I believe, of tuberculosis, working on a small tunnel in Virginia, back in the time where, you know, you could be picked up for loitering and put on a chain gang. Yeah, John Henry. But then, of course, there's the myth of the man who who raced the machine through the mountain and died. Won the race, but died. 
John Henry. So that's just a little bit of sample of um, spirit boxing. Thank you so much, Afa. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Man. It's been a pleasure being here. We were so happy to have had you. Oh, uh, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>